You've turned into Sorting Pin, the California Cattlemen's podcast. Every day, the California Cattlemen's Association is sorting through the issues impacting California's ranching families and producers. To communicate those issues, discuss solutions, and keep ranchers current on the hot topics, CCA Leadership has developed this podcast. Cool. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sorting Pin. I hope you guys are having a happy holidays. I'm here today in Sacramento with two of the fantastic staff from the California Beef Council. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Let's tell everyone who we have with us today. Well, I'm Christy Van Eggman. I'm the Director of Retail and Food Service Marketing, and I've been with the Beef Council for about 16 years, and I work specifically with the state's retail and food service operators to help them uh, merchandise and menu beef better. And I'm Annette Cassis. I'm the Director of Consumer and Brand Marketing. I've been with the Beef Council for almost exactly 10 years now. And I handle all the consumer-facing programs and work with media and production, but also uh, media relations and public relations work. Well, thanks for joining us, Annette and Christy. We're happy to have you here today. Let's give people a reminder since it's been a while since we've all been in person. We did just have convention and you guys showed a great video at our opening general session. But let's remind folks what the Beef Council is, how it's different from other groups and kind of what the overall goal of the checkoff is. The California Beef Council was actually the first state beef council in the nation. We were established in 1954 to serve as the marketing, promotion, and education arm of the beef industry. In 1985, as part of the Farm Bill, the National Beef Checkoff Program was established. And so we fall under that, but we also fall under the California Department of Food and Agriculture. So um, how that works is every time an animal is sold in the state of California, a dollar per head comes to our office in uh, Rockland, California Beef Council. And we keep 50 cents of that dollar and then we forward the other 50 cents to the national organization. The national organization is the Cattlemen's Beef Board, also known as CBB, located in Denver. And CBB primarily does producer communications. And so they contract out with other organizations to do the marketing and promotions really for beef. So they partner with the American Farm Bureau Federation Federation, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association or NCBA, the U.S. Meat Export Federation. There's a variety of uh, contractors that they use. So probably the most well-known one that people know about is NCBA, and they manage the Beef It's What's for Dinner brand. They partner very well with state beef councils, and so a lot of the resources and information that they develop on a national scale end up coming back to state beef councils that we're then able to use in-state, like recipe brochures or research information on grading and aging and those kinds of things. So even though we send that 50 cents of the dollar to a national organization, um, we do see some of that come back to California in the form of resources and information that we can use. Well, I'm excited to talk with you guys today. We're full in the holiday swing and we know that beef is a really popular dish all year round on Americans' tables, but especially at the holidays. So we thought we'd take some time just to kind of check in about the ways that the checkoff has helped drive that beef demand at the holiday and how you guys are continuing to do that. So maybe let's start with how you've helped drive it both at a state and a national level. In terms of uh, state level for holidays, we um, always do a holiday roast kind of a centric promotion, but we do it a little different than our other retail focused promotions throughout the year because around the holidays, we know that consumers 
think about tradition, they think about family, but they're also wanting to build new traditions. They also want to, in the case of some of the younger consumers, make their own mark when it's their turn to host a holiday event. So we always focus our uh, holiday marketing on things that meet these consumers where they live and answer some of their questions and concerns. And so we work to position beef as part of the center of the holiday plate by helping them with ideas, concepts, problem solving for holiday meal planning and things of that sort. So right now we have a um, native campaign going with uh, Hearst Television. It's a campaign that sits on the kcra.com website and on the sfgate.com website and goes across other news sites. But we work with a series of native stories, and that means these are stories that are designed to fit within the platform that they are on. They are sponsored content, but they look like news stories. And so we um, establish these stories to be you know, based on questions that we know consumers have, but in a, a fun and light and holiday way. On the retail side and working with chefs and restaurants, what are some of the ways that the Beef Council has engaged and is currently engaging, Christy? Sure. So when we do those holiday campaign stories that Annette was just talking about, we like to give some sort of call to action to folks as they are reading those stories. So within the stories, we have ads that say, you know, click through for a $3 beef rebate. So we work with mobile app rebate company called Checkout 51, where if they click through on that, um, we're basically incentivizing consumers to purchase beef. So it's a $3 cash back rebate on a $15 purchase or more of a two pound or larger uh, beef roast. So they consumers in the state have the opportunity to get $3 cash back on their beef purchase. So we're really targeting that in retailers by working with a company called InMarket, where they're known meat purchasers, if they are in store shopping at the meat case, or they are shopping online at home, they will get targeted with a full screen digital ad that tells them to click through for this beef offer. And they have uh, the opportunity then to go to checkout 51 and get that $3 cash back rebate. So when they're clicking through, what are they seeing? It goes directly to that $3 cash back rebate within the checkout 51 app. And if you don't have the checkout 51 app, it'll direct you to download that app on your smart device. $3 back sounds great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Especially in today's high prices. So with these holiday promotions, how long do they run? How long does it take to gear up for them? It takes months to gear up for them. In terms of the the native stories, we start five or six months in advance working with the story studio team from Hearst and determining what topics we want to cover for the stories, what kind of assets we want to build for them. We have to write the stories, look at the approach, come up with the feel of the stories. When you go to the stories, they're kind of a magazine feel. They're very video and graphics heavy. They're they're quite beautiful. In fact, we have the direct links for those if we want to add them on, on your website. We also work with, you know, like a, our, one of our media influencers who develops recipes specific to the content, shoots videos. We have to build a lot of new content for these stories each year. So it takes months to put them together. All right. Now in the stories, are there California producers featured in them or are they more heavy centric on recipes and nutrition? We've done uh, both in the past. We've had some that have featured California producers this year. What we are doing is slightly different approach. We have one story that is focused on if you want to do a showstopper recipe, we actually show in video and stop motion how to make beef wellington 
which is a, a very extensive thing to do. We have another story that is all about if you wanted to do an event that was, let's say, a tour and food pairing, a tour of wine and food pairings in California. So we've divided the state into seven regions and the varietal wine for each region paired with a, a recipe. And it kind of takes people on a tour that way. We have one that's about healthy and hassle-free menu options. And then another one that is, it's a quiz like the old choose your own adventure stories, where the quiz helps you plan a holiday meal based on what your skill level is, how many people you're going to have, things like that. So this year, no producers featured in the stories, but we have in the past years. So how long do these promotions run? Usually about four to eight weeks. So we started this one before Thanksgiving. So it would run through Thanksgiving, all of December, and then over Christmas and up to the new year. So when do you really start diving in and looking at the metrics and how do you compare campaigns to campaigns and analyze how they did? Great question. Yeah. So it's definitely important that once you run a campaign, you look back at the Mm -hmm. metrics and what we call key performance indicators or KPIs. So we measure that based on impressions, click-through rates, redemptions of the offer. So just to kind of give folks an idea of what that looks like in our 2020 campaign, the cashback rebate, we had over 2.4 million impressions of California consumers seeing that rebate within the app. Um, We had 42,500 that added it to their shopping list. And then we had over 15,000 that actually redeemed the app during the holiday campaign in 2020 a year ago. And if we look at the native campaign from 2020, since we don't have numbers yet for 2021, the stories that we ran in 2020, we had almost 55 and a half million impressions with uh, more than 73,000 page views for those stories and more than two minutes spent on each story, which is significant because one of the ways that we rank success on the media side is not only eyeballs on the page, but how long were they on there? What was the scroll depth when they went through a story? Did they read all the way to the bottom? Uh, We looked at how many click-throughs they had on links in the stories or to the offer. The stories we did in 2020, they actually exceeded the national engagement average by 200%. And these stories, they're not, even though they're housed on SFGate and KCRA, they don't just live there exclusively. So they would appear on sites like HuffPost, LA Times, Sacramento Bee, Fox News, Facebook, Yahoo, Food Network, USA Today. So they get around, but we target specific markets in California to get most of the impressions generated in these uh, large urban areas. That's a great point. I was going to ask, are you targeting specific areas, but mostly? Yeah, we do, but but we broaden it. I mean, so LA, San Francisco, San Jose, Sacramento, San Diego, of course, but also Fresno, San Bernardino, Bakersfield, Central Coast. So we broaden it, but we do focus on the areas where the largest pockets of consumers in the target age group, in this case, let's say 25 to 49, are residing. The great part about those native stories too, is even if you live in a rural area, if you click on the link, you can go and still read and look through those articles. So um, if we can link those, then producers can go and check those out. Yeah, Yeah. we'll definitely post Mm -hmm. them. We'll post them in the podcast description and then also on our website where we have the podcast player that people can listen to if they don't want to download one of the platforms. Well, thanks for sharing about the current promotions and the holiday campaigns. What are you guys working on already for 2022? (laughs) Well, we are actually very deeply involved in our first campaign, which will be an April-May promotion called Tacos Tequila y Mas, 
So it's a, a Cinco de Mayo focus campaign, but starts April 1 and will go into mid-May. And we are uh, working with two promotional partners for this with uh, E&J Gallo's Camarena Tequila and then with the California Milk Advisory Board for their Real California Milk Hispanic Cheese and Crema. What about on the chef and retail side, Christy, for the holidays, are there any ways that you've engaged chefs or working to do that in 2022? So for 2021, we just actually did a great partnership with a company called Eat Y'all. They are a company that works to connect farmers and ranchers with chefs. And so we sent out care packages to 30 high-level chefs in California to promote beef. Within those care packages was some Beef It's What's For Dinner swag, but also two unique beef cuts that they were then able to sort of ideate on their own and create awesome beef dishes. And then with that, we encouraged them to post it on social media and tag the California Beef Council, as well as use the hashtag California Beef, thanking California chefs and California farmers, thanking um, California Food Service. So some different thanking and then this grateful feeling of thanking these food service operators that went through so much over the last um, couple of years with COVID. So, and these are high impact chefs in California. So we survey them before the the care packages went out and we had, you know, 50% of them saying, yes, we want to add more beef to our menus, which is great. Um, so definitely an opportunity to reach out to them. And, and they have uh, collectively over $16.2 billion in food purchasing power between the 30 of them. So um, definitely some opportunities to then build those relationships and hopefully continue those relationships in the future. So moving into 2022, we'll be bringing back our pasture to plate beef tour, which is for retail and food service specifically. Besides retail and food service, we'll also be inviting uh, registered dietitians. Um, we also have two California educators that uh, we did a door prize at the California Foundation for Agriculture in the Classroom Conference. And so that was a door prize that they could win there. So we'll have two educator, California educators joining us as well. So it should be a great opportunity. I think people are excited to have it back and excited to attend that. I always hear really great things about it. Oh, so I'm sure people are excited to have it back. As far as COVID impacting chefs and relationships, how did COVID impact it? Did you lose relationships with chefs? I wouldn't say we lost relationships with chefs. Chefs are a hard bunch anyways. They move around a lot. Um, so you got to kind of keep tabs on them. I think for us more so, it's hard when you have one staff person working on retail and food service, it's hard to keep track of chefs sure, anyways. Yeah. So the partnership with Eat Y'all really was leaning into their expertise with having those relationships with chefs and for then them kind of passing those off to us and us to be able to uh, build a foundation with them and start to partner with them more. So um, we hope those 30 chefs will become, you know, big beef advocates for us that we can use in the future. Were there any surprising or standout trends as far as beef demand or consumption that the California Beef Council saw that producers would be happy to hear? In terms of surprising trends, I don't know how surprising it is, but we've seen more and more that in California, especially in some of these urban areas, people's personal belief systems drive some of their food decisions. And that may sound like a negative, but really, if we understand it as a positive, this provides a lot of opportunity for us to continue to get in front of consumers with the stories of our producers and what they do every day and how they do what they do. Uh, we found that with consumers, whenever we put anything in front of them that shows uh, in particular who is producing beef in California, 
they're surprised and they're pleased. So this just provides more and more opportunities for us to do that. We're looking at doing a lot more um, digital campaign outreach in 2022 that will repurpose uh, a lot of the producer and ranch videos that we've done and break them down to other pieces and, and use these in campaigns in different ways. So all of these would be specifically focused on reaching people with these concerns about animal welfare, environmental sustainability, all these questions that they have that that really do drive their food selection decisions. Great. Well, I think that's been an awesome rundown for folks on what's happening with the Beef Council during the holidays and how you guys were so hard to drive beef demand at a very important time of year. Where can producers go to learn more? I know I'll link those native stories mm -hmm. in the profile. Where else can they learn more about what the Beef Council is doing and watch in 2022 as you guys continue to do more? Well, they can always go to our website, which is calbeef.org. Um, also follow our social platforms on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We will have people at the upcoming spring and fall tours. So you hear some things there and, you know, pop up and say hello. And they can always email us uh, at the office. Um, I'm Annette at calbeef.org and Christy is Christy at calbeef.org. Uh, our executive director, Bill Dale, is bill at calbeef.org. So it's, it's pretty simple. Easy enough. <laughs> yeah, the first name and at calbeef.org. That's how you find us. You know, we'd be happy to hear from you and answer questions and talk further. So boys, you guys both get ready for the holidays and wrapping up the holidays. What are, just on a personal preference, your favorite beef dishes to cook this time of year? My favorite beef cut is a New York steak on the Traeger Grill, but I know we're doing prime rib for Christmas. I also like to do uh, a New York steak. There are a couple of different ways I do it. But um, if we're keeping it small, my husband and I would like to do a filet on the grill. In fact, we did one last night and just uh, match all the sides out to that. It, it makes for a very, very nice holiday meal if you're keeping it small. And what's your favorite beef cut, Katie? And now I'm just thinking about Beef Wellington. Beef so. Wellington. I know. You're going to try it. You know, if you want to try the Beef Wellington, the video with Whitney Bond, our, our food influencer, it is about 17 minutes long because she does take you step by step. But if you want to try that amazing dish, it's nice to have somebody handhold you through it like that. Well, it was really fun to have you guys here and catch up. And I hope you both have a great holiday. And we'll look forward to seeing what you guys do in 2022. Thank you, Katie. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks.